Welcome to Wizard Team, a Black magical podcast for Black magical stories. Hi everyone, it's Robin and Portia embarking on a journey through the many fantasy stories written by and about Black people. Currently we're reading Amari and the Great Game by B.B. Austin, and today we're discussing chapters 13 through 15. But before we get into all of that, let's talk about what we got into previously on Wizard Team. First of all, Tristan shows up like he's somebody because he and Amari are both elites and he feels like now that he has something in common with her. Oh, she should know all about him. And this is just a first glimpse of what's going to be a tragic interaction overall. Um, then another, like, he's just a prelude to the elites being extra because he, uh, whenever he and Amari have a discussion during this, like, uh, cr- club fair, um, she asks, when will the elites tent open? And he's like, oh, you'll know. And oh boy, does she know? Because the elites do everything extra from telling, uh, showcasing who is elite within the crowd to actually making the elite tent open in a very extra way. Just theatrics and dramatics all over the place. And that does not stop when Amar gets in the tent. First, she's being, I can't say headhunted, she's being body hunted by Dr. Focus, who seems generally to be on the right introvert vibes, but it's just awful on the whole, overall for like, why are you trying to body like hunt a freaking magician? Like it's a, a kid. You're trying to, I can't. She said, what have you done for me lately? If you're Get not on the table, on my let me, table, let me study let me probe you. your body and like use a scalpel on you, then why are we You, talking? more than likely, she won't be hurt. So I don't understand the problem. I she, I can't. I can't. more than like more. I can't. Not a hundred percent likely, but I'm pretty sure. I refuse. A good seventy five percent. Not even asking for her parents' permission. Like I can't. I can't with Doctor Focus. Like I want to like Doctor Focus, but I just Director Focus, but I can't. I can't. It's no. It's too much. Um. Also on that theatrics is Doctor Van Director Van Helsing, who is highly upset that he, a grown man, asked for and requested that on. His, like, and his list, like, you, imagine, if you will, that you are an artist and you have a writer whenever you go somewhere. And that is your part of your agreement and your terms and your contract to show up in that place. Director Van Helsing's writer for showing up on the campaign and, like, allowing uh, Bane and Harlow to run wild on not having an investigation on what happened at the World uh, Congress is... I don't want Amari Peters to be in this magical space. That is, that's what you did with your big adult body. Let's say, I don't want this child. And I can't. So he's pissed about that. He takes Harlow to the side. Harlow and him keep have, start having a conversation outside of the tent. Amari eavesdrops. Uh, because she is not a super spy, she gets caught out there. And they uh, both look at her crazy. And Harlow seems to be directing attention to her that might be related to her secret ability. Um, after that, the next day, Mari starts going to her classes. And lo and behold, who does she run into first? But Tristan. And he's still on some crap. His first thing to do is, once the class commences, is to stop everything and... <laughs> low-key trying to say oh i'm sorry about this to amari while asking agent fiona why she is 
the elite, got the elite award or whatever when she doesn't qualify for that year. Little does he know that he's wrong. They explained to him how he's wrong. And now he has a problem, even though he pushed to be her partner. So now, because of all his craziness, Amari decides, oh, well, F you. I'm going to be partners with Laura. When keeping it petty goes wrong. The silence. Because <laughs> why? Yes. So that's just, it's just a mess. And then Amari's still on this. I don't like, because she's your The bully of my bully. Girl, I don't my bully. But like, but now, like, just because you made Laura your partner doesn't change who she is. So now that Laura is Amari's partner, Amari's brain automatically is like, well, I'm looking at my schedule and I see private tutoring on here. Maybe I should ask Laura what this means. After Agent Fiona stated explicitly to her multiple times, it's top secret. Keep it to yourself. Luckily, Lara's gone, so that doesn't happen. But come on, Amari. Then uh, Amari goes to her next class, current events, and the Agent Addison's ineptitude for running a class and keeping people on topic and actually like not putting per- a person who's already oppressed as the center of like in the middle of their oppression to explain their oppression to the oppressor. Like this is where we are, and. Sadly, that's the conversation that happens, but it does lead to Bear being useful even in the, amidst his freaking bigotry because he drops a clue and it leads Amari to be like, oh, no, I got to hit up Elsie. We got we to gotta see if this is true. So she and Elsie go to the elite section of the library, which is amazing, wonderful. Please read it, that section, the multiple times. Like what you wish your library experience would be every time you go to the library, it's there. Um, and they find out that one, the Magical Congress was debating the civil rights of unwanted, and both Harlow and Bane were scheduled to be there, but they are conspicuously absent whenever the Congress freezes. Secondly, that's what they learn, that's what they uncover. And then after they do that, they do not do that during lunchtime. Once lunchtime bell rings, they got to go. Amari's going to head to her private uh, tutoring session. Lo and behold, who's there? It's Maria. Um, this is the first time she and Amari get a discussion. Uh, they get to talk about um, training Amari to uh, in her magicianhood and spells and stuff. But also um, how Amari needs to put trust in Maria as her brother's former partner to solve all the issues that Amari has with the league because Maria is technically an adult and Amari is nowhere near being an adult. And Amari's like, you know what? I'm gonna trust in you, Van Helsing. And that's where we end last time on Wizard Team. (laughs) I like how all of a sudden Maria is like, when you're like, Amari puts her trust in Maria, it's like, I'm gonna put my trust in you, Van Helsing. Portia will not let you forget. far maria's decent yeah um okay so we start chapter 13 with amari um actually starting her lesson and it's really just learning to concentrate um maria lets her know that controlling your emotions is the key to controlling your magic so it's really learning how to like focus keep control of her emotions understand her emotions and then that's how she'll start being able to better control her magic 
um, after the lesson, she heads back to the um, basically like homeroom. Um, and she says like the next thing, the last thing is like for dismissal. And now she's waiting for the rest of the junior agents to return from their uh, last class. She decides that she's going to text Cosmo and let him know that um, she can't accept the crown and that he will have to talk to Maria from now on. And it's very much for me, it's giving like, hi, Cosmo. I just wanted to remind you that I am a child. And in, in the face of the fact that I am a child, please refer all future discussion to this trusted adult. Um, also, it's like above me now. Like, yeah. above me now. Like, you take that up with Maria. With Maria. Like, that with me. I'm just letting you know that I'm going to say no, but all of the particulars you can work out with Maria. Maria will tell me what needs, what is like the most important thing for me to know because I am 13. Um. Cosmo responds saying he's sorry too. And Amari wonders like what that means, but the junior agents start to trickle in from their supernatural ability class. And as they're, you know, getting comfortable and like, they're still basically sitting down and getting ready for like homeroom dismissal or whatever to start. Like no one, like Fiona hasn't really said much yet. Um, There's a red alert. And the lights are flashing and the um, monitors in the room are saying all senior agents and above, uh, please come to the operations center. And they realize that Dylan has escaped from the sightless depths. And I'm like, Cosmo got that text and then like, was like, all right, bet. Cause it's like no time passes. Like he's like, I'm sorry to hear that. I'm just wholly like. So he already like he knew how to break him out. He didn't have to. Yeah, because like, he hinted at that in from the beginning. As soon as yeah. he and Amari were in the house together and they were having yeah. a discussion, it was never. It was never like, oh, like you're the only option we have. He was like, oh no, it's between you and Dylan. But like technically, you have have the. You're option. not in jail, so you are technically no third. because you bested Dylan. Oh, right. You have the option of taking the crown because you've already been in contest with him and bested him. So yeah. you could just take the crown, but it's between you and Dylan. So <laughs> him, there should be oh, like a red alert that comes in your brain when he says, oh, it's between you and a guy who's currently in jail. And, it, and you're like, but he's currently in jail. And he's like, not bothered by that. That should be, that should be it. But again, she's 13. Okay. She is a child. Okay. Which also proves that she is not ready to take the crown. No. Because she does not think, uh, in her brain, in her sweet summer child brain, being not even in prison, in like a maximum security Under- prison. <laughs> My dude say- is in the they bottomless, say- the sightless depths. They say bar- like someone's going to get buried underneath the jail. This He's literally. He literally. is underneath everything in the supernatural. So I'm going to read this. Like I just did this whole, I took the whole quote mm-hmm. the sightless steps is a place for the worst of the worst criminals located miles underground in the pits of the goblin king deeper than the lowest level of the bureau and surrounded by all sorts of terrors it's supposed to be even more secure than blackstone prison because it's more dangerous outside the jail than it is inside one who's this goblin king 
I want to know. In the in the pits of the know, Goblin why, King, in my brain, the Goblin King is the Green Goblin, like he's uh, <laughs> William Defoe. Yeah, I'm thinking David Bowie, um, but because isn't he the Goblin King in yeah in Pan's Labyrinth? Labyrinth? Yeah, but there's also a Goblin King in the Mercy Thompson series. Hey, my first mention of Mercy, um, and I think his name's like Jake or something like that, but he's pretty dope. Uh, so I'm also kind of thinking him, but I don't know what he looks like. And in my brain, when I'm reading about Mercy Thompson's Goblin King, they all just look like David Bowie. Um, but yeah, so located miles underground in the pits of the Goblin King. So Cosmo has to have this plan formulated, ready to go, tested out. Because there is no, like, he's on some Ocean's Eleven shit. Like, he gets the text message and he's like, bet. And then five minutes later, Dylan is out. He's not even on Ocean's Eleven. It's like, it's <laughs> like he, I don't even, I don't know that it, he is very, like, it was like, oh, like, did he, again. So let's list for a second, because this is me speculating on the real estate market and the supernatural world. <laughs> <laughs> no, Sasquatchers. But here's my thing. If there is like a like a, you know there's a mafia whatever there's a Sasquatch mafia for real estate, perhaps the Goblin King is in on it, and perhaps the Goblin King is linked to the Night Brothers, and so it ain't a thing or whatever to be a magician and get in and out of the sightless debts because like you got you know where the trap doors are because of the Goblin King. Maybe I mean maybe he's like he's easily bribed by a certain, but like. The you know, he's like, like magicians are against the bureau. Like the the bureau's paying me a good chunk of money to use my pits, but that don't mean that I feel any sort of way about it. Like, yeah. go ahead. Yeah. It's, it's kind of even still, that kind of like um, even still instance. though, then he that means that before this, he gets this text from Amari. He's reached out to the Goblin King. He's paid whatever. I'm telling you, I just, he no, is ready to go. I, no, what I'm saying is that the Knight Brothers have always had plans to the Goblin King's layers. Like they've mm. already so Goblin, like God, Cosmo didn't even have to like spring nothing for that. He already had the plans. He just had to put. He just had to hit a button. Boom, we good. Like as I feel like it's when like that. But, it, but even but I'm either way. Yeah. Five minutes? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's already been in contact with Dylan because he doesn't have to go and be like, hey, Dylan, because we're going to break you. Was Dylan was ready to go. Apprentice. Yeah. And so, and Vlad and Cosmo. And he knows about the Vladimir's. And so they worked in, con- con- like, they already, I'm like. They all had the plan. It was like so, the go plan. So I'm Dylan not just heard the word. And so I was compared to Amari when I was saying she should have had a red flag whenever Cosmo was like, oh yeah, the other guy is like in jail, but like you're, it's still a competition between the two of you. I was saying a red flag that she should have gotten was like she cannot trust Cosmo because as soon as all that conversation that Cosmo was having with her was like the world is set up in this way and we're prepared for people who are, who see the world in this way to be the people who lead this empire. And like he kept like, test Loki testing her to see how she would go along as she wasn't doing vibing with him and he was showing her to her face that he was like that's not gonna work for me bro but like all right you I mean you technically have the ability to take the crown right now is it yes or no and that's where we then and I just I that's the red flag I think Amari like should have got like don't trust Cosmo I mean but I and I don't think that Amari trusts Cosmo so much as she trusts like 
humanity that like he wouldn't like that that wouldn't even be an option like she is she is like weirded out by Cosmo and like suspicious of him but she just never in her wildest imagination thought that that was something that he would do and like for me it's like I agree like she should definitely have had that kind of in her mind because of like the things that he did say and he and he wasn't like oh you know it's you or nothing it's you Mm -hmm. or the league falls apart he's like it's you or this boy in jail um this kid that you already bested but like I still think it's just like Amari it shows Amari's in two ways it shows why Amari is the better choice than Dylan and if you don't want the League of Magicians to be this evil henchman type of thing um and also shows why she's not ready because her brain didn't even like it's not even in the realm of possibility but it's not fair to her because like she's new to this world and they know it they're taking advantage of the fact that she's unaware like yeah totally totally um but it's just it's to me it's just it's wild that she and like part of me also was like you didn't have to text Cosmo and say that you were out because Maria said let me handle it right but you know she's nothing if not polite her mother taught her good manners like if you know the answer to a question you should let them know so they can make alternate plans little did she know that the plans were already in motion (laughs) i just feel like amari definitely this is i think it's what my my i mean this is all in character for her i just think my thing is like from last book she was it seemed like she's more likely to like wait and see a little bit like she was like mm-hmm. not like she didn't have the answers so she was like i'm gonna see where this goes and now she's kind of like uh let me be prompt and i'm like bro i need you to go back to wait and see like i need yeah. you to not i need you to not be in a place where you're like proactive like let's be a little reactive right now let's keep waiting and seeing for a second yeah i think that i agree with that i also i just because even even though I am much more cynical than Amari, even I am still baffled at how quickly. Like, she sends the... T- like, she... Is her phone even in her pocket? Like, and it's so she, funny. Like, it was just like came that. From Bree Matthews, who was doing nothing with her phone, to <laughs> right. Amari, who's just like, as soon as I got something, <laughs> and you're just like, dude. Put the phone down. No. You're still technically in class. Wait till after. It's just, it's amazing. So, um, Amari is like sitting there stunned, right? She she and Laura are sitting there. Um, Fiona checks on both of them, which is like really sweet. And it's like, you two stay here. And she's like, how are you doing? Like, um, Amari is just like, oh. And Laura is like, he's no brother of mine. Like, that is your literal twin. Y'all share DNA. I'm just like, like copy dna like legit copy yeah DNA, the same even, like every like if we're related we share dna but like literally like yeah besides your chromosome being replicated two DNA. two x's and his being one yeah i just like for Close. me i think like it's i think it's weird that and it shows like the lack of understanding that uh van helsing dr director van helsing has even given to his own children which we know this man is my father of the year 
or any year. Like he's never, he's not even father of like, as long as he's alive, he'll never be father of the year. Like he just- He's not even father thing. of the week. He's he not, get, he he's not get father, father of the day, of the, of the hour, <laughs> of 30 minutes. Like he can't, he's not. He can't do it. He can't do it. But my thing is like, you would like, it would behoove them to be smart enough to think about like who Dylan's possible targets could be. Would he to like, like get, get out? Um, and they should have involved, like, Agent Fiona should have been empowered to be, like, make the decision that, like, I'm going to actually keep a watch on Lara and Amari because I feel like they might be, um, un- like, targets, and I want to be, like, you know, want to make sure they have supervision as they're being, you know, possible targets, um, and, but she can't do that because they got an all alert for all senior agents, and, um, Van Helsing is very, like, adamant about the crap that he says and it's like it's just ridiculous so she could just be like i'm gonna just stick here with them They're, y'all come with me i'll supervise y'all as things go on maybe things will turn out a little differently like they need adult supervision their children mm-hmm. um and i i can't like it just it makes me mad that like i don't know i guess like infrastructure not working the way that it is bureaucracy not working the way that it's like you is is work the way that it's built to work instead of the way that it's sh- like it should. ideally should work um and it really sucks in this moment because I think um, Agent Fiona really could have like been the person to kind of like had a moment with them to kind of like set bases and see like how like things are going to kind of get them in a good place. Um, and we're about to get what we get instead. And, you know, it's like we talked about already just like the hubris of the Bureau in general. And like part of that goes into the fact that like, like Amari, they just didn't have any idea that someone like they're just like oh it's inescapable obviously not like and so now they have to like spend all this time coming up with a plan but my, that's my thing too is like you're not pro like it's <laughs> they're not proactive at all they're me. always like they're that not proactive. that's they're, impossible they're actually exactly <laughs> and it, it, it's like you would think after spending the last year having multiple things happen row like day after day that were impossible you would like oh i need to be proactive now like how yeah. like it's kind of like that meme um, from Spongebob or whatever was like how many times do I have to tell you old man like how many times do they need to be shown that like impossible it's like Winnie Houston like in like Cinderella like impossible, impossible things, things are every happening day. every day like- <laughs> no it's true but it's also like you are in the supernatural world like you should be like okay this is theoretically especially after the time freeze right the time freeze is theoretically impossible they -hmm. should be like okay we need to like go through all of our blind spots and all of the like give me the wildest thing that you could think would happen even if you Mm -hmm. don't believe that it could ever possibly like what is in your wildest imagination what is something that like where we could be vulnerable and it like very quickly but like someone break out of the sightless depths you need a like you know but like now they have to they have to waste a bunch of time coming up with a plan instead of just like putting a plan in action and like people knowing exactly what their job should be you know it's the same thing it's like we go through all of these like fire drills and um evacuation drills and i mean (laughs) i would love to say live shooter drills are uh these are impossible but they're actually more probably in America, more They're likely like than an actual, <laughs> yeah, natural disaster. But like, you know what I mean? Like we go through these drills because no matter like whether or not you think that those things could happen, it's a possibility. And the last time, like the worst time to be trying to figure out what to do is when it's happening. 
Mm-hmm. And that's what they're doing right now. So Fiona leaves them. And immediately Tristan steps up to Amari and is like, it looks like you're getting your old partner back. And then Bear is like, I'm ready to see the rematch. Shut up, Bear. No one asked for you. Just like co-signing. But That's not bringing lackeyism. anything. That's like 90s lackeyism. Like, yeah. It's like, like, oh. It reminds me of so like when Elsie was like, oh, I'm just your sidekick. And it's like. You want to see a sidekick? Let me Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, mm. you know, and that I feel like that's what Amari should have said. Like, you are nobody's bear. Okay. You you got your own thoughts, your own, you know what I mean? Like, you are not. No. Um. And then it's like, I don't know. It's just like, to me, if Tristan is like, I am the best of the best of the junior agents or whatever, don't waste your time bullying Amari. Like when when like the Knight Brothers was happening and she was trying to find her brother, she was like, "I'm getting in this investigation." You know what I mean? Like Amari has like gumption or so, like ambition. Not even ambition, because I don't think her drive drive. Yes, because like I don't think like her point of like getting in the investigation is to like get recognized. That would be the point for Tristan. But like her point is like I want to help bring some good into the world and like justice and you know, whatever. So it just also feels like, well, that's why you were not the elite gold star agent because Amari is in here still in shock, but also like, what does this mean? What do I have to do? And her brain, she's like, he's going to come for me. Like, you know what I mean? She, her brain is already the wheels are turning. And Tristan's like, Oh, the reason that, Amari got the gold star and like the biggest thing that's happened in our world in the last couple of years just broke out of prison you know what the first thing I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go bully Amari but it's like it's not even that it's like he's like the biggest thing happening in the world right now is that there's uh people frozen in the world congress don't nobody know what to do with it (laughs) here comes another major like we just had to go we just had the we thought we figured out this incident last year apparently not here we are and the biggest thing going on in my world is amari got that star and i did it that's the biggest (laughs) thing going on in my world nothing is bigger than me yeah and it's like i don't just i just don't believe that you're ever going to be a great agent because but it's not about being a great agent. It's being a decorated agent. Exactly. Exactly. And Van Helsing is the reason why, like, the he is the kind of personality that puts these kind of people, like, allows for this air of, like, figureheadness and, like, this, like, competitiveness based on decoration, like, this, like, whole culture to, uh, like, to, like, breed and, like, you know, grow in his de- department because of who he, he is as a person. Yeah. Rather than being That's a also what Van Helsing values. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Amari's, like, just not interested in what Tristan or Bear has to say. Nobody's ever interested in what Bear has to say. But then she gets an alert to come to the uh to supernatural health right away um and so she runs out and um she's met by a curse breaker who's like i can't really tell you much but quentin's condition has worsened and you'll need to talk to a senior curse breaker um so she's holding quentin's hand and like he's like he's kind of seizing 
Um, and it seems that as soon as she starts to hold his hand, like it gets a little bit better. And the senior curse breaker comes in and is like, um, don't really know what's going on. Amari's like, I think it's because Dylan Van Helsing broke, just broke out of uh, prison. And the senior curse breaker's like, okay, that, you know, makes sense because we believe that when he killed Moreau, he took ownership of the curse of, over Quentin. And now, um, and and since he was in the sightless steps, um, he's kept, he was kept in a magic canceling cell. And that's why Quentin was like getting better. But now that he's out, it seems that the curse is going back to full strength. I'm wondering, because I just kind of feel like Dylan was always the owner of that curse. Maybe mm-hmm. not. He was the apprentice. He did like take all of Moreau's magic and stuff like that. But yeah. um, it's just an interesting thing because if he's in a magic canceling cell why was the curse not broken completely like he still was able to like like quentin was still cursed even though he was getting like kind of better and they were having like seeing improvements to the curse it didn't like shatter it's just interesting to me because it's like i think the moreau part of it all like that he could trans like the spell doesn't go unbroken even whenever yeah. it's not with the caster or whatever like even if it's transferred to another person it's still ongoing so like i wonder if curses are longer lasting than spells overall because of like the um the like i guess like the extra oomph behind it the extra like a uh, spite behind <laughs> a hex or curse is like nah i'm gonna keep living you keep trying to take me out nah you ain't gonna get me because i'm a hex yeah. you know what i mean i wonder if there's a little bit um, more that can be used with that. I wonder, like, the terms of hexes versus um, and curses versus spells and their longevity, because that just seems weird, odd to me, that, like, it transfers from person to person, um, yeah. even whenever the magic is inherited. And then also, it's kind of reminding me of um, Doctor Strange. Uh, hear me out. <laughs> An MCU, Doctor Strange, um, he does something i can't remember i'm trying to remember which is it the is it the um girl the you, madness i can't you, remember you way more into dr strange than i've ever been so <laughs> i just I, I just like magic but uh like it's in whatever he has like a he does a spell and he tells the person that he's doing the spell against that he's like I like you can try to do you can try to break it off of me, but even if you kill me, this like it, oh it's whenever he's up it's oh it's uh it's the first one right when he's up against that that no not Domamu oh, okay. that was a time spell he just kept using he kept uh, whatever it might have been it might have been um uh not Infinity War but the one before that no it is Infinity War because Endgame's the one after it so in Infinity War uh whenever he's talking to uh Squidward. Yes. Gave it. Darren knows the name. (laughs) Squidward. We'll go with Squidward. I forget his name. (laughs) Um, He, uh, when he went up against him, uh, because, like, like, he's also a spellcaster, so he, like, he knows the rule of, like, you know, magic or whatever, and, like, he's, like, you can do, like, you can do everything you want, so you can try to counterspell me, you can do everything you want, but the way that magic is set up, even if you kill me, this is going to live on. So try me. And so I think something there's something about like again it feels kind of spiteful like something about spiteful magic just like it keeps hitting yeah no matter who has it or who what it's gonna keep pushing 
Yeah, I mean, I think like, and I, I've talked about this before, like I really love, one of the things I really love about this book is like, it a few times has given you, um, a different take on things that we've, you know, read about a lot. Um, Corvus Glade. I, I can't mix in the first letters of his name. It's Corvus Glade. That's what it is. Haha. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, and this is one of those where it's like, I would not have expected, um, like, I'm I'm always used to like, to break the curse, you have to like kill the witch or get them to break the curse or like, you know, find your true love or whatever. But there is like a curse that like, the curses break when the person dies, basically. Um killing the person is never easy but so it is interesting that like this just like transfers but it also takes in like we um in amari's first lesson with maria we're hearing about how controlling your magic uh, a lot of that is controlling your emotions and that's like the key and like concentration and so i'm also thinking about just this sheer amount like when dylan kills moreau He's still 13, 14, um, and he's been doing magic a lot longer, and he's a born magician, so he's, like, stronger than, like, Maria, possibly. Um, and we know that, like, him and Amari have, like, a vast, capa- like, capacity for magic. But, like, thinking about how old Moreau was and how many, like, ongoing spells and curses he probably has going on, like, the concentration that that takes to, like, have all of that then, like, thrust upon you... Um, and then is Dylan just so spiteful against Amari not taking his side or whatever that he's like, I'm going to keep this going. Does he like kind of realize like having, like he prioritizes keeping Quentin under a curse because it's um, leverage against Amari. It's a lot of things that I'm like thinking about that are interesting and kind of will come up throughout the book um, just in terms of like Dylan's, preoccupation kind of with Amari I would say mm-hmm. um because he really and we see this in like the last book too but like it continues on in this book like he really wants her on his side not like to like he's he, he is salty especially like right now when he's like coming out of being in the sightless depths that she didn't just like join his team but even in like the great game and stuff like he still is trying to like persuade her like that he's right and i think is more interested in that than like he's a little bit more like i will just defeat you if i have to but like i still think his number one goal is for her to just like see his side and like join join him uh so they can rule together I feel like there's, I think there's discussion there about, and we'll get there, but like his isolation, even within his own family and how, um, as he was becoming friends with Amari, he learned to, to use her as his like moral light. Um, and there's something about that. That's like, he keeps holding on to you. Yeah. He definitely doesn't feel as lonely and he feels like fully, maybe not fully seen, but like, feels like there's a level of acceptance with Amari and that's what he's kind of been missing and lacking i think even with moreau as his like i think he's it's everything you know. that he's like he's had before amari has been similar like the relationships have been like relationships but they've been bad relationships but yeah, he's in those call them bad he just knows that he doesn't like them and yeah. it's only when and being around amari that he's like oh this is what good looks like so what yeah. i have must be bad so yeah and then like everything that he has with like 
the league and stuff it's just also uh run off of that as well so it's yeah yeah um so amari runs out of the department um after she finds out that the curse is back to full strength um she's looking for maria um maria is in her office tells Amari like she already knows and that she's going to contact the league. Um, and Amari is like, just kind of trusting her. And Maria says like, go back to your room and try to stay positive. And she's like, just try. I know, but try. Thanks Maria. That's very helpful. I'm going to try to stay positive. Everything is, everything's turned to shit in the last like five minutes, but I'm going to, I can find positivity in everything, including the fact that you told me to leave it all to you. I told them that's going to leave it all to you, and now everything is crap. Everything is shit. And now I should definitely listen to you again when you tell me that the best thing I can do right now is try. Just leave it to you um, and stay positive. Maria telling her to stay positive is the end of chapter 13. We're so excited to bring you all kinds of nerdy and creative content, but we can't do that without your support. Becoming a BNC baddie helps us with the general upkeep of our site, upgrade equipment, and invest in the team's creative development. Go to help out your favorite nerds and stay for cool perks like monthly live streams, behind the scenes, and bonus content, and more. If supporting Black creators sounds like your bag, you can sign up at www.patreon.com slash blacknerdscreate. Now we're in chapter 14. Um, Amari's walking back to her dorm, anything but positive. Um, she thinks that like her getting attention is bad before. Everyone's staring at her now, and Bertha's like clearing a pass um, so that she can get back um, kind of unmessed with. I don't know how to feel about Bertha. Because like this is like a really like nice, positive thing, but I'm like, girl, what changed? But I know, also, it's thank it's you. Not, um, uh, it's it's. Um, I think I think we learned something because I think um yeah. Diana mentioned that we learned something. We and I'm, I just don't remember right now. But my thing is like, again, why I know why because Van Helsing is a a hole. But why in the world isn't Agent Fiona or like Agent Magnus, someone who actually like has a good, decent relationship with Amari, assigned to be Amari's adult like? helper or guardian while she's there like why isn't that same thing given to Lara at least you know what I mean like as Van Helsing's daughter because like they're going to be targeted because of what Dylan is to them like their relationship to Dylan come on no foresight no No. care no regard no that's too much like the right thing to do Portia that's really sweet that you think that they are capable of it but so outrageous of me to believe yeah. for some level of competency. That at this. any point in time, they would put the well-being of children. Anyone. Yeah, children, but like even just like humans over the well-being of the Bureau. The well-being of your own daughter. You're, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> your own flesh and blood. Um, all we know, for all we know, Laura is still in that classroom, shook, <laughs> alone. Um, so... What happens next? Oh, so then she um, gets back to her room. 
she realizes Elsie isn't there and she's feeling really like lonely and was kind of admitting to herself that she was really hoping that Elsie would be there because she wants someone to talk to. Her world feels like it's falling apart. Um, and then in walks Jaden. And Jaden is wearing this suit. This That sounds fun. It's it's giving like an up uh, an upgraded version of like the dancing man from like the uh, Six Flags commercials. The dun, 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 dun. Like it's giving like that energy, but in a suit. <laughs> like a suit. the suit that the guy's wearing, but his energy is transferred into the suit he's wearing instead of just him dancing around in it. And it's very much. Um... So this is the first time that like Amari has seen Jaden uh, since they got to camp. The last. Um... No, she saw him. She saw him. Uh... No, because they didn't, because they canceled the welcoming ceremony, even though, and they were watching that from bed. She hasn't yeah. seen him yet. I get, I get, I get, I'm oh no, she, she interacted put, with him pre. Yeah, pre, yeah. she put the yeah, drops in her yeah. eyes and then her mom dropped him off and she didn't go. So this is like the first time that she's seen him and now he's got a supernatural ability. He's wearing the suit. He's fully in the world. And, um, she like um it reminds me of amari when she puts on her first um outfit in the night brothers uh for the welcoming social for the welcome social it's just like the closet provides like the outfit that you need to wear and he is like you know feeling himself like look at a look at my suit right so um Amari uh, asked him how he's doing and if he was going to the welcome social. And Jaden's like, I was, but then I heard about this Dylan thing. And so I thought I'd check on you first. Um, and damn girl, you really are famous out here. Like, you know, he's only been here for what? It was like two days at this point. Um, and, you know, he knows that like Amari got disinvited to camp, re-invited to camp. He's probably, people are talking about her, talking about Maria, seeing like that there's, press conferences and all sorts of things around Amari. And so he's really like trying to like starting to understand just like what a big deal um, she is and being a magician is. And it's just kind of in awe of her still. And it's, you know, back to calling her like, you know, don't ever roll your eyes at me when I call you superstar. <laughs> and then she asked what his supernatural ability is. He can talk with animals and that, and lets her know that he'll be trying out for creature control. And in the part of the book, or in the, of this section that just warms my heart to no end, he thanks her and says, like, he always thought, like, it would be cool to, like, work in a zoo or, like, work with animals, but that usually requires going to college and stuff, which seemed just out of reach to him. They don't have money for that. There's no real point. And so now he's, like, seeing a future for himself, really, and, like, something to, like, look forward to and tells Amari that she's a real hero. And, like, at the point where Amari is, like, her world is falling apart, her brother is getting sicker, Marie is telling her to just, like, sit on her hands and stay positive. Like, I think that it's just, like, a very needed and necessary thing to hear. But it's also, he's not saying it just to make her feel better. Like, he's, like, literally, like... Grateful. Grateful. Um... And, like, optimistic in a, in a way that, like, 
two days ago, he was like, I'm, I can't even go to this camp. What are you talking about? Like, why am I going? I don't have nowhere to get there. You're not going to be there now. Like, what's the point? Right. So. Yeah. I think it's cute that his power is like, it's kind of giving Encanto, like the yeah. little boy learns he can speak to animals. Like, and he like, he's already showing signs of like being chatty with animals, but then he like actually like gets the ability to hear them. And I love that for, it's funny <laughs> that for Dylan, he was talking to pigeons on the roof of their, their building. Yeah. <laughs> he yeah, was like, I used to like Jayden's spend time up there by myself with the I was pigeons. talking to pigeons and you know, I didn't think anything about it, you know, and it kind of, it like that, <laughs> I don't know. A person talking to pigeons at the top of a building can't help but give me "Hey Arnold, pigeon <laughs> vibes." Like I'm just gonna get them. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like it's great that he goes from kind of like a slightly depressing pigeon man to like a nah, I guess you can speak to creatures, and that can be my whole like teacher, my whole career going forward can be uh, working with animals. That's really cute. And again, yeah, I really appreciate that he gave like Amari that like he may not know the depths of Amari's sadness right now, he, but he yeah. might be able to just tell it. She's not like you know she threw herself like out the door, <laughs> hugged him, and she really needs that companionship. And I love that he like he didn't let his pride get in the way of t- showing her like you know his gratification. He actually like legit was just like no, I really yeah, I I love it. Um, and then she's like, oh, so are you headed to the welcome social? And he was like, well, I wanted to go, but I want to go with you. Um, and right when she's- With like, a blush. Like, He's blushing very hard. You know, That's so cute. It's, it's not a date. It's a, it's a hangout. It know, is so you, cute. But it's very it is, cute. And it's giving me Disney Channel, like, decom vibes. It's so cute. Yeah. I, so I like you. Do you like me too? Um, before she can like say anything though, her phone goes off. She gets a text from Cosmo that says your immediate presence is requested at the league meeting grounds. She tells Jaden like, I got to go, go to the social, have fun, but I got to go. He's like, but what you just, uh, and then as she's running, uh, she runs into Elsie. Um, Elsie's like, where are you running to? She's like, I'll tell you everything later, but I, I got to go. Elsie's like, well, I'm coming with you. <laughs> just love Elsie's like ready to go like oh let me put my stuff down let's go and she's like you can't come but I'll tell you everything later so she finally finds Maria I just want to like say mm. yeah I'll just say it now Cosmos text like Cosmos sends everyone this text everyone in the league I guess which is all it says is your immediate presence is requested at the league meeting grounds. Amara doesn't know where the meeting grounds are. She don't know how she's supposed to get there, how she's supposed to get back, what she's supposed to do once she gets there. It's a setup. And like, we talked about this like so many times about Cosmos just kind of assuming. It's a setup. Is it even assuming that like Amari knows? Or is like, I don't really care if you know or not because you're not. setup it's like if you he's like i gave you the opportunity to have the crown you turned it down i got dylan out now i'm saying i'm setting up this meeting for whatever if it's really on your priority list to stop Dylan, then you'll do what you need to do but that's all on you boo boo yeah because if she you don't show up then everything comes out goes out the way that i already planned for things to go out way that the Knight Brothers already planned for things to go out. So I got a problem with things going out the way they did. I'm their apprentice. I do not care. It's just, ugh, I hate it. I feel so bad for her. So she gets to Maria. Maria's about to leave without Amari. Amari's like, wait, what? 
where you i need to go too and so maria's like telling her like, oh but she, but maria's not a problem but maria's fine i personally don't i think that she's being paternalistic in a way that is not helpful to amari but it's completely understandable if i get a like urgent you got to come here from an adult who Aminata already told me was acting froggy. I'm not taking Aminata with me because I already was about to call you and read you the riot act for like trying to pressure my 13 year old buddy, buddy, I don't know, possible sister-in-law, future sister-in-law or whatever. I don't know. Please don't do, don't do that to Amari. They're... Don't do that to Amari. Mm-mm, don't put Dylan on her. Mm-mm. No, 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 no. Quentin on Maria, not Dylan on Amari. Oh, I was like, please don't do that to Amari. <laughs> no, 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 no. Quentin and Maria. <laughs> but, like, Maria feels some sort of responsibility for uh, for Amari. And, like, a, in a way that is understandable, um, but is also complicated, right? Like I feel responsibility because you're a magician. You don't know anything. You're a born magician. You don't know anything. Your brother like threw you into this world, but he's unavailable to help you see your way through it. And my brother <laughs> tried to ruin your life. <laughs> tried to ruin everybody's lives. Ruin everybody's life, right? And my brother is like the big bad. So I feel like I I don't know. It's one of those things where it's like I don't know if I would have done it, but I understand the impulse. And I do, and I also come from a family that is very much like shield the child, or at least me. I don't know. We talked about this before. They, nobody never wants okay, to be nothing. Uh, Cosmo can meet me outside. So. <laughs> I mean, yeah. but And I think that that is kind of, in my brain, is what Maria is thinking too. It's like, oh, bet we going to meet because I already got stuff to say. <laughs> like, we already about to tussle. And it's very much giving me like, you know, when your mom is about to go off on a teacher or something, they're like, go outside, close your ears, go, go somewhere else. Make yourself scarce. Make yourself scarce because we about to be in grown folks. We, I'm going to talk to him like a grown man. <laughs> like, and so that's what I, I'm getting from her going without Amari. Because she's like, you, this man is already putting way too much on this child. Like she ain't got would, enough to go with. I would be with it, but the energy she gives in the presence and at the league is very subpar. And when we, yeah. we'll get when we get there, but no. I just don't. Believe, I just given Maria's like actions when we get there, I just don't. I don't see it for her. And I feel like but I see her. I see her actions very similar. But she is very I mean, paternalistic. I agree with you. She's being very paternalistic. I'm not. But my thing is that like. I, we'll I'm, I'm at a, I don't want to unleash this Porsche again, but I might have to. <laughs> She's going to come anyway. much giving me Elsie going to stand up for Lara, where it's like, Elsie, you didn't have the juice, right? But Elsie mm-hmm. had like, in her brain, she was like, I'm about to go shut this shit down. And then she gets there and she's like, oh, don't, please. <laughs> you know, very meek. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. If she was coming with Kashana's energy, would you have had as big a problem with her leaving Amari? No. No. But she didn't come with Kashana's energy. But she energy. didn't come with the right energy, so <laughs> it's smooth. Um, so yeah, so Amari comes with the right energy and it's like, you cannot leave me behind. Someone there will have some idea of how we can help Quentin. 
and I have just as much right to be there as you do. And if you leave me behind and you we don't figure out how to help Quentin, I will never forgive you. Like ever. Like none of this, no more of me listening to you and taking your lead, like nah. So Maria's like, uh, okay. But stay close because I've got the transporter. And if we go, like, if we have to be out, we have to be out. And I'm not looking for, I want to just be able to grab you and go. Um, so they transport to the ruins of an ancient castle. How the fuck was Amari supposed to find, I mean, how the heck was Amari <laughs> supposed to find that on her own? That was never the, that was never the question. That was never a, a priority. I just Cosmo, till you do right by Amari, everything you touch gonna crumble. So there's this old lady who's like, I require proof of magic. And she shows them a candle. Maria makes lights a candle. Amari's like, I don't actually know how to do that. So she uh, makes an illusion of a fiery bird that comes out of her hands and uh, dives through the air and explodes on top of the candle, seeming to light it. And then the old lady is like, falling with style like I love it you know you got some drama you you got some presentation it works I mean it's it's definitely proof of magic mm-hmm. um, and then they enter into this like big room the old lady oh yeah yeah the old lady um I guess it's like she's actually wearing glamour and she is Priyanka Kapoor I believe yeah who is a Bollywood star. Um, Amari sees like the CEO who's always giving presentations about the new stuff on her phone, like the new, like basically like Tim Cook for Apple or, or um, I forgot, Steve Jobs. I forgot, I forgot that man's name. Um, she sees some, C- some high powered CEOs. She sees one of Elsie's favorite celebrities and it's like, she would die if she knew that he was a magician. Like she's just looking around like the, the top, the, the who's who, the bees knees, all these people are here. And then, Maybe Oh shit. My, my teacher. Elite tent right here. The, yeah. the tent and the um, bureau had nothing on. You got nothing on these people, these folks. Okay. This is, this is where it's at. Right. And then she's like, Oh, my teacher from Whitman Prep is over here. Look at her. I see you, Mrs. Johnson, or whatever. Her name's not Mrs. Johnson, but you know what I mean. And then she sees the Midnight Throne. And next to the Midnight Throne is this little stool. And Cosmo's sitting there. And Cosmo's like, yeah. Not a stool. That's what's killing me about this. Is that this this whole time, we're about to get all this dramatics from this man. And he's sitting on a stool beside the throne. Beside the throne. He ain't even, like, in, like, like a smaller throne, like he's not on the court. Yeah. He's in a stool, not a nice cl- push, uh, uh, plush chair, like you know, like or one of those nice, like really leather, soft leather, like reading, you know, armchair. T- nah, he's on a stool. Yeah. He's in a stool. Um, and he's like, you know, Amari, nice Sophia. By the way, I free Dylan. Tell Cersei. I'm going to tell Cersei right now. It was me. It was me. Um, And the rest of the magicians are kind of like, wait, what's going on? <laughs> Which is crazy. Because it is ridiculous. You 
put all of this stuff on Amari. Amari needs to take this crown. Amari needs to lead you in the war, blah, 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 blah. Like, that's how it's been. You know, they need to have a leader. I can't do this on my own type shit. But can, like, on his own decide that he's going to bust this boy out of prison, that they're going to war. Like, Amari's like, what can I do to stop you from giving the crown to Dylan? Maria's like, you tripping. Everybody else is like, I mean, I don't know if you tripping or not, but I kind of feel like you missed some steps and we should have been informed before the breakout. Like, what's going on? Um, And Cosmo's like, we'll call for a game. It's the only way. And Amari's like, I'm a a whomst? And that's how the chapter basically ends. Um, Kashana says, you got the juice to break Dylan out of prison. You got the juice to leave while Amari gets her shit together. Not even gets her shit together. For a 13-year-old, I feel like Amari's shit is pretty nicely together. But again, she don't even know how to get to the ruins, my dude. She can't even come to the meeting and you want her to leave the shit? He did it. He didn't want, he wants the drama. We're going to get into that. He didn't want, he didn't want, he he wants what he wants. And what he yeah. wants is what's going to happen right now. He wants Amari to be blindsided. He wants Amari to be um, unsettled. Yeah. Basically. Wait, we got, when did you get to the end of chapter 14? Well, it was just, you, you said to, told me to stop. <laughs> so I went there. I said, um, so where, where did I end? Cosmo. No? Yeah, I said Cosmo calls for a great... Like, Amari says, what do I have to do for you to not give Dylan the crown? And he's like, we'll call for a game. It's the only way. And Maria's like, that's a last resort in case of emergency. And Cosmo's like, this is an emergency. We about to go to war. Bane is coming after all of us. And then here come Dylan, like, I'm up for it. I want the crown. I just hate that, like, it's described as, um, it's giving, I don't know, it, it really, I, I'm very, I guess because Disney Channel shaped my childhood, I don't know, but, like, it's very much giving, like, bad boy villain of, like, DCOM, how a freaking Dylan comes out the shadows, mm-hmm. and he says, with a raspy voice that raises the hairs on the basket of Amari's neck. How about you, Amari? I definitely want the crown. How about you, Amari? It's giving like Miley what's good, but also like decom version of that. Like it's just so my favorite decom. Well, I don't know because I have like a few favorite decoms, but Brink, Andy Brink Brinker, and then Johnny Tsunami, and they have the same villain, which is the like uppity. Bad boy. The rich white boy. The rich white boy. Blonde um, rich white boy. Well, no, because in, in Brink, he's darker haired because, you know, they're skaters. Because Brink is blonde. Yeah. yeah. But same thing. You know what I mean? Um, privileged and 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 dangerous. Yeah. Uh, and I could totally see them being like, I want the crown. What about you? Like stepping from a sh- Again, the drama behind it. This is what, uh, this is like what stepping I. Stepping out uh, of the shadows. Yeah. That's my thing. Like whenever I was talking, like, yes. Do I like to play up the drama? Yes, because mm-hmm. I love reality TV. I love playing up the drama, always. But <laughs> I also wanted to make it that a point when I did the recap for this episode, because I'm like, the drama is going to keep dialing up because the people who are involved are dramatic people. Like yeah. they just love, they live for the drama. They breathe the drama, the dra- the theatrics that they were in the 
uh, theater group of their school. <laughs> these are who these people are. Okay, I just I just need that to be apparent. You know, it's really funny too because I like I I don't love magician as like you know like I mean I get it like wizard's been overdone. I just I don't I like, like it. I like magician like, is they be like to Las Vegas. It's yeah, like, it gives, like, yeah. magician gives me very much a Vegasy like yeah, you know, blah blah blah, dry, like kind of like thing, a card then, trick. Yeah. Yeah, 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 just very showy, like sleight of hand, but not anything like significant. Yeah, or like or change like actual then, transfiguration you, or whatever. But when you think about like how these people are like drawn to like the drama and stuff i guess like magician, they are they live up you know? to the work yeah. like could they not be mages mage <laughs> you know mm, but they are but they literally are doing magician kind of like, yeah it's like it's sad though it's like oh they basically give oh. cosmo a cape yeah and some and some and some smoke bombs you know what i mean it. he don't even his, he puts smoke bombs in his his delivery of his words like that's who god <laughs> Just, it is the only way we are at war like are we really i don't think we're at war because people still don't even know y'all exist i think the war is in your head baby yeah the only magicians that they know is me and dylan i think you've been proud fight since you you said all my the... life i had to fight but yeah. when you what you've been fighting because i came in and i didn't see no fighting it was me i was on the front line not you so what's right? happening the only people they worried about is me and this little boy who they thought they had locked up until you broke him out. We going to war for the other, like the witches? We going to war for Sasquatch? And Sasquatches? Like what's, you know what I mean? The other unwanted who also don't know that we exist for the most part? Like they, they have a bit more of an inkling that they <laughs> exist. Than, like, But they don't know who you are. They know who I am. You could have just sat there and ate your food. Cosmo. I feel like we're reading Cosmo and we haven't even gotten to benching people yet. <laughs> but because he could have just, you could have just sat there and ate your food. He really could. Kept he it really on the could. low. Keep an eye out, right? Ears and eyes to the ground. But you ain't got to make these big moves right now. Look, but it's not about ain't got to because the man is dramatic and he's li- he lives for the drama. It's about the drama. It's not about what what's reasonable, what needs to be done. It's about the drama, the theatrics. <laughs> Let's give people a show. People, you're exactly right. Nobody knows who I am. And for that reason, every time I make an entrance, a show, a show, a show. That's Cosmo. And we're going to see that, so that, like, so Cosmo was Vladimir's apprentice or whatever. Dylan was Morose. And we're about to see right here in chapter 15, starting off already. <laughs> that the theatrics are just part and parcel of being like in any kind of relationship and connection to the Knight Brothers. The Knight Brothers are the drama. Uh, question: the How drama. old is Cosmo's ass? Did we? Did he answer this before? I don't know if we found out how, because how old Cosmo was. when he says like he was uh, Vladimir's apprentice, and I'm like, but that motherfucker died. I mean, he could be his latest apprentice, like there centuries could be, ago. There could be, but you know what I'm saying? There. Oh, that's facts. Um, his death ended the like ancient war or whatever it's I mean, called. I keep saying he's his apprentice. Maybe I'm misreading the words. Maybe he's just following instructions that were passed no, on from the says... last apprentice, from the last apprentice, from the or last maybe, apprentice. But maybe he's like in the apprentice line. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, he's saying line. that Vladimir, he keeps saying Vladimir said. So I keep assuming that he heard it from Vladimir, but maybe he just heard it from the, the, the chain, like the grapevine. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. 
because he says Vladimir was kind enough to leave us a message for this occasion. Yeah, I'm about to get into you. Okay. But, yeah, I'm just trying to, sorry, I don't want to like go too far into it, but I'm trying to see if it's like. So let's get, let's get into it. So um, I want to start off with some of the drama and I don't want to talk about this wizard boy, but I can't help but see the parallels between <laughs> Dylan and Tom Riddle because he really is on top tier. It just, it, it feels very Tom Riddle. Um, so Amari describes Dylan as being deathly pale with dark circles underneath his eyes that she can no longer recognize because no longer does he have the blue eyes that she smiled into so many times last year. No, they've been replaced by deep red eyes that make him look unnatural, like a monster. He's been in that cell with his his magic canceling cell without hasn't actually sight. been canceling his magic right. uh just it is just and so descending but, into but we don't know but that's the thing too is like was were his eyes blue in the cell and then as soon as he popped out of the trap door or whatever there was like nah haha my magic hit the row magics hit me and now i'm red i'm red-eyed i don't know so it his appearance and who like the situation is roots amari to the floor she can't speak and she just feels like this wasn't supposed to happen so soon she wasn't supposed to see him again for decades that was she's prepared to not see this boy until he was a grown man and she was a grown woman that's what she was prepared for she ended last book said "Woo, that's that done with that <laughs> all done Glad that's and now <laughs> she's living in the trauma of seeing dylan Maria is also still with a stricken face. She said, starts to say, Dylan and Maria, he says, Maria, you seem to have just been disappointed that your little brother is back. And it's just, this is a whole, this is very traumatic for everyone involved. I guess too for Dylan, like I see it. I don't want to throw his trauma under the bus, but it is very, like the dramatics that are going to come are based on everyone here in a place of like trauma and not being able to process it in the moment. And it's very sad. Um, and um, the first thing Amari can think to say is, Dylan, please release the curse on Quentin. Please. Like, girl. she She's standing on business, okay? But, like, this is... <laughs> you, you can tell how unprepared she was to see this guy because she's like, uh, the last thing I had in my brain was Quentin. Like, she can't even, like... She's not even prepared to, like, go on some other line of like trying to cajole him trying to like be sweet nice to him to see where he's going nothing she's just like quentin um and then dylan she says dylan uh practically growls when he speaks and says i don't owe you anything partner you're the reason i spent the past year in sightless debt stuck in the dark day after day it was a nightmare and amari says you did that to yourself right and he said did i but i trapped myself in the cage of lightning and yeah. she's she balls her fist and she steps closer. Hope my brother, or I'll swear I'll go do what he says forward to meet her. And then Priya, Priya puts herself between them and says, Stand down, you two. This throne room is considered neutral ground. Only words may be used against others within these walls. And for me, Priya is very much the camp counselor from <laughs> a pa the Parent Trap with Lindsay Lohan movie, where she's like, girls, I mean, Holly, I mean, Haley. I mean, like, she's like, like, uh, I mean, Annie, I mean, I'm I'm so sorry. That's the vibes <laughs> that Priya's giving me. And 
the and honestly, uh, Mari and Dylan give me any and Hallie, they're like, oh, I'll deck you, and they're like, kind of <laughs> like, like bucking up to each other. I think it's hilarious for that, but also the drama, it's just dramatic. <laughs> I, I'm like, Priya, my dear, what's she gonna do? It did wait, no, but also, is your brother in a coma right now? Because words. <laughs> Words ended when my brother was in a coma for a year. Give, and it's I'll still there a... because this little boy right here right? is in his feelings. Also, I didn't even know this place existed two minutes ago. <laughs> Y'all ain't tell me shit. What rules am I supposed to abide by if I don't know the rules? She's like, DW, what? Like, I can't. That's what it's got me. I can't even read. <laughs> <laughs> like, what am I, who gonna stop me? So this is hilarious. Priya stops them, whatever. Um, Then, uh, so Amari is contemplating like how she's supposed to be calm when she's like the whole like all she needs to do is to talk to Dylan or whatever to heal Quentin and Dylan on the other hand is prepared to for exactly the situation like he's prepared to speak to the crowd he's not like he's not going to worry too hard about talking to Amari he says um to the magicians and the co- the balconies ab- overhead. So there's people sitting up all around in the balcony the around them watching the again this is a show. This is a drama. And he opens up his arms wide and gazes up to them and says, "If you offer it to me, meaning the crown, I will humbly accept the crown of Vladimir. It is time to show the supernatural world that magicians won't be pushed around. What would Vladimir think of you all cowering in your little castle afraid of your own shadows?" The Night Brothers struck fear into the hearts of all who dared cross their path. I'll teach Bane the lesson he should have learned the first time he attacked our kind. I'll return us to our proper paid place in the supernatural world. And then after a few anxious seconds, um, a cheer goes up and a few magicians even tr- uh, chant to crown him. And to me, again, the dramatics, it, ga- it gives me um scar when he's singing be prepared and he says stick with me and you'll never go hungry again so he's like and like i can feel like dylan's vibe is like he wants to be the king undisputed respected saluted and seen for the wonder that he is like that's all dylan's vibe and i feel like honestly to me um it's like he was sitting in the sightless desk and he just kept repeating like be prepared in his head over and over again that was just like song to vibe too and then as soon as he pops out and he's like there in the court he's ready to make his case and get the crowd on his side and it just shows to me like you were saying earlier robin how like he like cosmo like and has already planned like it's clear that he already had a plan in place for dylan or whatever to spring him out and that dylan was aware and so it's like it's really scary how prepared dylan is like Amari has no clue, not only because she's new here, but because, like, she had no clue that, like, the League works in this way where there's going to be a crowd of people for her to try to, like, make a case to. Famous Whereas too. Dylan is just like, I got a speech right here in my pocket. Here we go. Boom. Yeah. And it's crazy because, like, not only does is Amari, like, having to play catch-up, but, like, she... She's not arguing that magicians should cower in the dark or be treated like lesser. Like even in her like few public statements, you know, that she has made, she's like, I just think that we should be treated fairly. But that's not 
they're seeing equal to, as less than. Yeah, like, but it's also like it's it's being treated fairly isn't as persuasive as like we'll be on top when you're currently like people are in hiding and they're scared about what Bane's gonna do. So like they're also like their fear is really heightened, and so in a way like Amari's position is more of the like moderate position, and like the moderate position does not usually ever pers- like whip people up into a frenzy um because it's just like oh, let's just calm down everyone <laughs> let's just let's just take a breath and uh <laughs> and not start a war that, it's like like that's it's so weird because it's like i like again that's like shows preparedness and stuff and it's like how much like like it feels like, I mean, definitely Cosmo knows, but it also feels like Dylan knows to an extent how much of the league is on the side of like, we have lurked, we've lingered too long in the shadows and we must show our full selves. We should not be like boxed in or whatever versus the amount of the league that's just like, let's be reasonable about like <laughs> equality. Like we don't know. We don't know yeah. how the league is divided, what the percentages are, who's likely to like sway to one side or another. We don't have any idea. So it's just kind of like, can Amari make a case that she got if she like she honestly is set up for failure um in multiple ways but is she also set up for failure with the people with like in the league like if she were to have taken the crown would she have been like fighting a faction of people who are like adamantly about like I'm gonna go to war no matter what you say even though I'm supposed to listen to you you know what I mean like yeah. I don't feel like you're the rightful heir to the crown so I'm not therefore I don't have to listen to you like I'm not my president kind of thing yeah. And uh, Kashana says, like, she also has being new against her. Like, she's gotten some heat, but she hasn't lived in this world for that long. And Dylan's grown up being a Van Helsing, having to hide from his own dad, and also being Moreau's apprentice. So he, like, has also, like, seen how Moreau galvanizes magicians and all of that other stuff, too. Um, so people are, like, uh, Kashana says, like, people are not necessarily going to give Amari the benefit of the doubt. And I think that's also tr- like also because, more because oh, oh, she's been Quentin. along with the Bureau the whole time. Yeah. And she found out about being a magician from joining the Bureau and um, everything that she knows about the world, she knows through the lens of the Bureau. Yeah. So. And they know that about her. They know that she yeah. probably sees them in the same lens that the Bureau does. So that's also a, a minus on her part. So, and she doesn't even know that she has to, that's the sad thing about being young too. Um, is you don't know how much of the world you need to be able to see from different angles and perspectives because you only really truly have your own at the you know at the time it's not until mm-hmm. like even if you are like i mean i can only speak so much you know broadly for other people but and i wonder about like the younger generation for like gen z or whatever gen um alpha because i know whenever i was i didn't get um access to like um intersectional text until i was like in grad school um, like thing, that being a thought process, I got a, um, access to like black feminist text, which is intersectional by rights, but you know, like not with like the word intersectionality being like a main, just like thought part art and whatever. But there are people like saying I was getting that in like grad school at the same time, like 12 year olds were getting it on the internet. And so I'm like, <laughs> I wonder like if that helps, like what that does for you when you're that age. But I also, I saw like, I, I say that with a grain of salt of like, yeah like it's kind of hard like being young and 
being able to be like, oh, I need to look at the world a little bit more broadly instead of this one limited perspective. Some people get it, some people don't. And that and either way, really hard to it takes them it. more than a year to then translate that into a coherent and persuasive kind of like argument for their outlook on the world too. Like, or actually see the world brought like generally that way. Yeah, like, it's, you got to like integrate it into how you like actually move. Yeah, but it's like it's and so that's an interesting point too. Um, so uh cosmo again dramatics so dylan's round up the crowd cosmo goes release the kraken and it's actually <laughs> the crown <laughs> he's actually saying bring forth the crown um and a figure in red emerges from the doorway carrying a glass case that holds a shimmering black crown and then places it on the midnight throne um cosmo then says stepping over and striking the glass hard with his hand and the pieces strike uh shatter across the floor Vladimir was kind enough to leave us a message for this occasion. And then the wind uh, kicks up throughout the room, blowing hard enough for it to cover Amari's face. When it dies down, she's able to see a ghostly shimmering illusion of a thin man with a twisting beard who now sits on the throne. And it's Count Vladimir. And he uh, immediately, everyone in the league drops to one knee, except for her and Dylan. Amari's whole thing is, uh, she's not going to bow to a night brother. And Dylan... Uh, I she says that she thinks he comes to the same conclusion. I think it's that Dylan is just on his own stuff, and he doesn't think that he has, should have to bounce. Yeah, he's it. already he's already beaten them. He's like or... he's like I'm on the same level tonight, brother. Actually, so I don't have to bounce to someone who's my peer. Like yeah. Um, and uh, his illusion, but Latimer's illusion echoes throughout the room, and he says, "When I cast my illusions into the future one final time, I saw that our righteous cause would end in failure." I would soon fall, and in time, so would Moreau. So I took the steps to share my magic and preserve the existence of magicians through the creation of the League. In my final hours, I poured what magic I had left into a crown in the hope that one day a new generation of born magicians would wear it and take up the fight that Moreau and I were destined to lose. Like, how do you sound, how do you make sounding like a loser sound like this great so like, prophecy? Yeah. Right, like it's, oh, it's so brave of me to like have a backup plan whenever I would fall down. Like, really? You were trying your darndest to live forever, bro. And also, it's like, I don't know, like, these people are, around the world you know Priyanka's a Bollywood star I'm assuming that she's not based in Atlanta she might be but like I don't know as an American I remember when like I mean I'm a black American which adds another layer Layer. to this as Mm -hmm. well but I just remember when the queen died and people were like staying up all night to do like to watch her funeral and like everyone was talking about it in the U.S. yeah people were like Staying up, waking up early. My Twitter feed was hilarious. My all my socials were hilarious because all of my like, Twitter feed was too. But like, even my mom's like, "Oh, are you gonna watch the?" No, I'm not watching that. Sh- especially if I'm gonna wake up. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only thing I will wake up for in Britain, and I'm saying this as someone who just woke. Like the first thing I did today when I woke up was go to the bar to watch Arsenal. I will watch some football. That's it. I mean, maybe if Stormzy was getting a parade. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. Storms yeah. is going to be a parade. Yeah. Storms is a parade. Like, man, maybe, okay, I'll, I'll I'll wake up. You know, I'll set my alarm. But, like, if it's not sports, and even when it is sports, sometimes I'm like, I'll catch that on the replay. I'm not, I'm I'm not bothered. I'm, I'm just not trying. I'm, And so the idea of seeing this man, 
or the specter of a man who lost and who knows his like his brother is going to lose on a on a throne talking about how he imbued this crown and like is lording over me like bitch you dead i'm not bowing the knee for you this is giving very confederate the south will south will rise rise again like yeah like you lost you're losing you're flying the flag of losers your ancestors are losers yay and it's also just like okay you were leading the league or you started the league or whatever and you're gone if it was if the imagery was like president chief maybe like chief of staff you know what i mean like chief of what are they called board chief of the board or whatever i don't know ceo or like uh what is it for foreman not foreman chairman 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 of the board board. thank you if that was the the imagery maybe maybe like we elect you and we could get rid of you if we want to but king crowning i'm not crowning nobody it's hilarious like how much this is a whole tangent but this has been on my mind like because i keep noticing it like for capitalism um how much like the like deservedness and destiny has been interrelated with like monarchies and crowns because it's really like monarchs are nothing but just rich people who have yeah. like get put out a tenet of like why they deserve to be the leaders of a country because of how rich they are um and, and how then, long like, they've been in power and, right and then how long they're able to maintain their seat in the monarchy is even this like puts more credit behind the fact that they're supposed to be destined to be that person and then we do all this work to get rid of a monarchy only to have a monarchy but by another name through like plutocracy yeah and it's just like nobility but like it's just like rich people that's basically what we have and so like you like if you were like you were born in the seventh no sixteen you were born like early early like you know times this is all based in the, in the establishing the United States and the imagery you want to use is monarchy still like what are we are you were you a Tory at the time what are we doing like are you a Whig what whatever whatever you were sir what are we doing and like so we just had like I don't know if you're you don't because you work in the nonprofit world. I'm sure you have something similar to like an earnings call. We do every time these people get all hyped up about like, oh, we made this, this ARR and our growth year over year. And it's this like pomp and circumstance about some shit that I'm like, is my check getting bigger? No. It's just your pockets because you're selling your wage theft because you're taking the profits that I'm able to help build out and you're putting saying it's, you deserve the profit when it's actually the work that I did. So wage theft. I don't give a fuck. Wage theft. You're telling me there's more wage theft happening this year. Okay. Sure. I'd be like, oh, cool. So it means that I'm I shouldn't have to worry about possibly getting laid off. Hopefully. Hopefully. Unless you decide that that year over year profit wasn't big enough and then you need to make some more we are valued at x does am I, is my check growing so the value that you see is going to translate to my check no no all right it's then hypocrisy right all right then i'm i'm gonna be over here not caring yeah clocking it's, out at five like a- this whole like speech and pop and circumstance it, yeah it's like the pop and circum like the whole thing just it makes me so grossed out yeah 
I'm like, this has the opposite effect on me than I than you would want it to have, and I just don't understand. And also grosses on Amari as we see her, like yeah. just being like take completely wholly taken up, not just because she's not used to it, but because it's like, what the F is this? And you gotta think about the fact that like these are legit <laughs> these are legit whole grown adults who have pledged to allow the leadership of their organization be on the mantle of 13-year-old children because this is what they were told to do by the creepy old degenerate old men who held those seats before. She's looking around like, I got this Bollywood star. I got a couple of like Fortune 500 CEOs bending the knee and they want me to be in charge. I'm 13. You've shown how you're competent in working through the world as an adult. I've not, should not have to show my competence to navigate the world. I do not, I can, I'm trying to navigate school. Like today, like today I have homework. Today. (laughs) I can't. So You gonna do what I tell you to do, but I can't even stay out past the time the streetlights come out because my mama said I gotta be in the house. Like, what is that? And you know they're gonna be I'm gonna lead you as far as Mama Peters tells me it's time to go home. And you know they're tripping because you know they won't. They're gonna use. They're gonna say crap about you doing it. Like, oh, you're a child anyway. Why don't you not bother? And they're gonna begrudgingly do whatever you tell them to do. They're not even gonna be one hundred percent. So what's the point? Mm-mm. We already. <laughs> I love how we're both just uninvested in like the league itself. Like, no. no. If I was married, I'd be like, "This is cute. Give Dylan the crown." I'll see y'all when I see y'all. Bye. Y'all on some other shit. Let's get there. Um, (laughs) So, uh, Vladimir's illusion continues and says, but only one can inherit the power. Um, Moreau and I chose to share our magic and that was our great mistake, which, like, love that Moreau's not around for him to have said this to his face, it's like after Moro's dead, he's like, "Oh, so like, just so y'all know, sharing magic, giving is a all of y'all mistake. magic was a mistake. It's a mistake. All of you existing here right now, big mistake. My bad." Um, he says, "For two halves can never be as grand as one whole, so he's better than him and Moro together." <laughs> so he asks. Who here dares to wear my crown? Who thinks they're worthy of my magic? And then his the illusion vanishes. And again, this is how prepared Dylan is. I'm like, did he know, did he already see this message? Because as immediately as the illusion goes away, Dylan steps forward and says, I do. And Cosmo, the drama king that he is, calls from his stool. And you, Amari Peters, would you now fight to possess this crown? And Amari's uh like dylan can't be allowed to have it and then cosmo says so what would you do to stop him and she's like i can't believe i'm about to say this but what choice do i have if he has a crown he's gonna start a war and countless people and supernaturals will get hurt and i'm the only one sitting in his way again and then maria cut to my problem with maria is she says amari and i'm like girl how are you going to come at Amari? This whole time you've been silent. There's been all these other adults in the room that you could have been like, F, uh, uh, stop, uh, 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 uh. you are a magical person. 
I know that the league says that their rules is only words in here. You better throw something up because <laughs> you, why are you asking um telling Amari to stop? So you're gonna just let Dylan keep going? You didn't say Dylan don't. You said Amari don't. What are we doing? Cause she don't expect nothing to Dylan. Dylan already showed his ass. It's not even about that, bro. Like <laughs> if, uh, Dylan is your brother. You grew up with this boy. You didn't. You know Mari long, less time than you know freaking uh, Dylan. You're gonna tell Amari to stop the black girl, little black girl, when she goes to go for power. Tell her to stop. You didn't stop your brother, the little white boy. Cause you don't see no problem with the little white boy going for some power. Or if you do, you're not gonna do nothing about it in a moment. What is that about? He's a lost cause because he takes after his father. I don't know. Don't make me. I'm not. I'm, I'm pissing to Maria for that. <laughs> it's it really it really pisses me off. Um, because like, what does she even mean to do? Like, what are you gonna do, Maria? I. <laughs> is like Maria is ellipses exactly. <laughs> what the f, Maria? Um, and so, um, Amari's voice comes out in a shaky whisper, and she says, "I'd accept the crown," and Cosmo smiles because again, th- this is all just joyful for him this is the the thing that he's in do you know what happened i figured it out cosmo went and tried to turn on some netflix and he heard the new stranger things dropped and it said "Uh uh-uh you do not live in the same household as this account and he was like oh no what is what is i to do how will i be entertained (laughs) great game Cosmo, if you don't open your own Netflix account and spend that $13.99 a month or however much it costs. Now she calling him broke. Broke bitch! <laughs> this is his entertainment! I feel like his entertainment is like Bravo. Like he just lives <laughs> for drama. He's like for reality TV and drama. He's like on VH1. He's on all the all the drama. He's there he's for the drama. The Housewives is over. Season. I have to wait a whole nother season. I'm in a hiatus. What to do? The great game. 13-year-olds battling out for a crown. That's what I'm going to do. Um, so then uh, Cosmo says, if both of you want the crown, then there's only one way to settle this, the great game. The winner will wear the crown and determine the fate of magician kind. And that sounds so dumb, too. Like, we already hate the word magician, but then the, the word for all of magicians is magician kind? What are we doing? Portia is so disgusted. I mean, I think it's dumb. It's just, it's the, just they need a new. The first thing whoever gets the crown needs to do is hire a brand manager and do a refresh. Because right, let's let's put a pause on a war until we can get this situation. It's not. It's not inspiring me. It's not. It is uninspired. Actually, it just it <laughs> juice out of everything. It's not. It's not making me want to fight in the war. You know, for magician kind. No. Our headquarters are in Vegas. You can see us at the Luxor. So I, and add in, we will not be led by a tween. Thank you, Kashana. She said they need a new charter, a clause that says you must be 30, 35. I don't know how old these people are. I need to know who the but... league subcommittees are and who the leaders for the subcommittees are. Because I'm like, where's the governance committee? And who's who's in charge of that? Like, well, y'all let Vladimir? No... Y'all let Vladimir and, like, who's dead? He's dead. So y'all didn't want to charter a freaking committee? Once they die, they they were kept out of the loop, whoever they are, because Cosmo did all this on his own. Just... I can't. Poor management. Miss, like, this is why y'all lost, quite frankly. That's why you have bad PR in the freaking supernatural world, because y'all can't get it together. This is, okay. 
So I just want to note because I'm going to speed. Uh, I'm just going to note the actual like the rules um, of the game. Rules of the game. But before I get there, I just wanted to say like in this like the way that we get this information is through Cosmo and um, Dylan asks, "What does it cost to join?" And then Cosmo tells him. And then whenever Amari asks for extra elaboration, then he's really vague and he dances around her question. And Amari uh, notes that. Um, And again, it shows it's another um, example of how Cosmo is prepared for Dylan to lead things and does not care to illuminate Amari on anything that could help her be the winner of what he's about to put in front of them. So the stakes of the great game are Participants must sacrifice all but one drop of their magic once they receive the crown. So the person who wins a crown not only receives Vladimir's magic, they also receive the loser's magic, except for one drop of it. And knowing how much magic Amari has in her body, that's a lot. And Amari's also reflecting on what um, a magician, like uh, what Moreau looked like whenever his magic was yanked out of him. And she said that he's. she saw him dissolve into ashes and she was like, uh, that's not cute. And she says, so won't that destroy the other magician? And Cosmo nods and says, as I said, the great game is not for the weak of heart. So he does not give a wit whose magic gets sucked up, sucked up at the end of this. He, it's, all, it's all entertainment for him. But he also is like, uh, or sorry, she she's thinking like, okay, so I'll get, um, Vladimir's magic and Dylan's magic, but like her also thought is like I'll be able to end Quentin's curse. That's the reason why she's like down. So like, it's like a, but if, I, even all the all the negatives about it, it's still she still feels like skeevy. Like it all it all feels like disgusting to her. She's like yeah. very perturbed by it. And you have to think about so Dylan has Moreau's magic in him now too. Yeah. So at the end, the winner will have Vladimir's magic, Moreau's magic. And then the other person's magic. So, like, Amari, when she got her, when she touched the the orb or whatever, she's 100% magician magic, magic now. Yeah. We don't really know what the, the Night Brothers were. Obviously, they were, like, high. Right? Well, they were born magicians. They were born yeah. magicians. So, is yeah. all, all born magicians 100% magic? We don't know. We don't know because, like, the Dylan is also were, a born magician because Maria is the one who was a, a shared yeah, magician. So yeah, yeah. Dylan's a born magician as well. But it's also like we don't really. The only person who's like actual number, like amount of magic we've seen, is Amari's. But like Moreau was enough magician that like when he got his magic snatch, he was like shriveled up and then just kind of crumbled away. Um, well, we did. I think we also learned that, like, I don't know, think we know percentage, but we know that, like, Merlin is a decent enough percentage of magic, and but Amari's the highest recorded the, number. Of, yeah. 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 So it's like even Merlin, who put magic in the crystal ball, um, is not 100% magic. So, like, yeah. I don't know. It's one of the things where it's like, I guess it's it's very selfless. Um, for Amari to be like, I gotta be in for this because if I don't win, um, they're gonna go to war. All these people are gonna die. But if I I do win, I can. But it's also like, ugh, girl, if you lose, that's it. Yeah, like as Kishana says, like. 
uh, why does she think she's going to win? Like, she doesn't trust the process at this point. I don't trust the process either, Kishana, but I think the thing is that she's she doesn't think that she can. John, I don't know if she thinks she can win. I think she thinks that she has to win. Like, yeah. she, like in her mind, she's just like, the I'm going to get in the game and I have to win it because I can't let anything, if anything that could happen if I don't win is so bad, I have to try to win. Which, and it's, it's what's messed up about it all. Cosmo of it all, the Vladimir of it all, the League of it all, is that like, they don't even learn the conditions for like they can't even like make a clear clear plan about like do they actually want to go in the battle for this crown and so and no no other conditions so they can actually make an informed decision to say yes or no to trying to go for the battle for the crown because they don't learn about the conditions until after the fact that they say yes so yeah. it's like she can't even say um like she can't even be like oh i weighed the thoughts and i think i can win this she can't even do that she doesn't have the opportunity to actually weigh and decide like if it's worth or if she can't if she has a a, a chance to win the game because it's she's already over she's already per, like in the game yeah it's a lose lose because even if she wins then she got to lead these fuck i mean i don't know in my brain i'd be like oh i'm the head of the league of magicians guess what this shit disbanded, disbanded. Go, go do whatever you want to do. Um, but I will I know all that. each and every one of your names. And if you fuck around, you're gonna find out. <laughs> I wouldn't just band it, but I, I, I have thoughts. Anyways, it's before so before we get to my thoughts of what I would do with uh <laughs> power. Um the uh i want to get to this rest of the stakes of the game. So uh not only will they, will they sacrifice all their magic, but they will both uh they both both wear game rings that will be invisible to anyone who's not aware of the great game already so anyone who's not currently in the room while they're the room where it happens where they're having this conversation um they will be unaware that this game is happening and um the rings will keep them um on on path and um to keep them to keep this stuff a secret they don't know that yet i'm just i'm forecasting from stuff that we i've already read this book so i already know what the game the rings are going to do she can't tell um, she a, can't tell Elsie basically yeah. um and so even though because even in the moment whenever she's being told that she can't tell this to anyone outside of the room she's like i'm going to tell elsie mm-hmm. but then the ring keeps her from telling elsie and how it does that is that it has uh it can warm her and it can also squeeze and so um they the game rings uh will deliver a warning warm and then transfer the uh people wearing the rings to the location of one of five victor's rings the first person to receive three victor's rings wins the great game um, and throughout the great game challenge and and factoring any time at all um they are allowed to steal the other person's magic at any point and the, if you are to steal someone's magic, um, you automatically win the game and you don't have to worry about collecting any of the rings. So very nice. Like, I don't know. I just like, I don't like the idea that like, you can take the magic of born magicians. I don't like the fact that you can take magic at all. Like, I don't, I don't like that either, but if you can, like, I kind of feel like if you can give it to your apprentices or whatever, like being able to take it away makes sense. But if I'm born with this shit, <laughs> I don't like that. Like it's, it's it's extra gross to me. 
I'm just like, I'm like, just imagine living and breathing, walking around and somebody just snatches your magic. Like that just, it's so, oh, so galling. That's why I didn't yeah. like the end of Doctor Strange that the black man, <laughs> that Baron Mordo is over here snatching magic out of people. I'm like, yo, that is trifling. I'm really upset that you just called Chiwetel for the black man. Okay. That, okay. I was saying it because the black, the optics of the black man going around okay. snatching people's magic. That's what I'm saying. I understand that. That really pissed me. I was like, how? But I, in my they? brain, it's that it's Chiwetel. Okay. Um, and he can but how dare they? Whatever how the dare wants. they make the black man be the magic snatcher? This is true. Uh, Kashana says, though, um, she thinks that Moreau crumbled partially because he's old and that the magic was keeping him alive for so long. So now he was the um, <laughs> So, like, once he got his magic snatched, all that age was all caught up life. with him because the man was like 600 years old. He was like, and, he like, was centuries old. He was, he was decrepit. Yeah. Enough is enough. Yeah. You know? It was very mummy. It was very. He got mummy. his magic snatched, and the, and the universe said, woo, thank God, because just. We was barely, we was holding you like dribbles and drags. Mm-hmm. Grim Reaper was like, I've been following this man along for centuries. The <laughs> karma that probably hit him as soon as the magic was snatched. Yeah. Cause you know, you know, they say like racist and if you're a bad person, how you age, like milk. If not for that magic, like, all of that caught up with him. All mm-hmm. that karma. Oof. So. Amari, even in, though she's getting told all these awful and horrible stakes, can't help but to look at Maria and imagine how she's feeling because uh, she's putting herself in, Amar- in Maria's shoes and she's like, uh, she, Maria may have promised Quentin that she'd keep Amari safe, but Dylan is still her brother. And so she promises, uh, Amari promises to herself that no matter how bad it gets, she won't steal Dylan's magic because she doesn't want to become a monster to win. And I'm like, that's a nice sentiment, my lady. But, but uh, we're playing, you're playing a game against some real shysty MFers. So, and not only that, but like if it's you or him, because you already know he's he's stolen people's magic, someone's but magic. It's like you know who he is, like, you exactly. Know what I'm That's what I'm saying. He's real shysty, like you, you gotta know better. You gotta be like, I'm willing, I'm willing to give the same energy that is given to me, right? You, it's not gonna be your go to move. But if your back's against the wall, you gotta do what you gotta do. I'm like that's uh, that's that's low key. My personality is I will give the same energy that I'm given. Mm-hmm. And I just need Amari to adopt someone <laughs> just a little bit, just especially whenever your life is on the line. Your just, life is on the line. Just, but this mm. is how she got uh, guilted into going to help Laura because she exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um. So Amari says, from the way that Dylan is looking at her, she can't say that he feels the same, that he's already tried to steal her magic once, and that was before he blamed her for sending him to the sightless depths. <laughs> so she understands how bad this is, and she still wants to be the good, better person, and I need her to not to do that. Um, there's also one final business before the game can commence, and that is about secrecy, and that's whenever they both agree, and Amari says she's going to tell Elsie if she can't. Um, so then, of course, in straight decon villain fashion, um, Dylan steps right up close to Amari and says, watch your back, Amari. One way or another, you're going to pay for what you did to me. And what, she'll... beat you? <laughs> she'll run down her spine because she knows that he means it. And then he steps, he takes a step backward and vanishes. True drama. And also, where is this little boy staying? In, in Cosmo's Lake House? Yeah. 
Because that's his because... sponsor. That's his, who. That's who's putting the battery in his back. That's you that's just his gonna, you just gonna let this little boy out from the sightless depths and then just sleep over at Cosmo's house. Not that that's at all not great looking <laughs> as an adult, you know. Cosmo King, it just keeps getting worse and worse. <laughs> yes. Co- sure I'm gonna does. need you to leave these children. B, back up off these children. So the final scene is Amari and Maria back at her Maria's office. Uh, neither of them speak, speak for a while. They're both overwhelmed. Um, and Amari tries to talk to Maria about like, you know, I know you're mad, but and she's in uh, Maria like it's like I need a moment. And uh, Amari just keeps going and saying, I'm going to win anyway. And you don't have to worry. And Maria's like, you, I do have to worry because this isn't, isn't just the bureau tryout where the worst thing is that you like get sent home for the summer. Uh, Vladimir believes the Night Brothers lost the ancient war because they didn't go after one another's magic that they chose to join forces. And he doesn't mean for there to be two magicians left at the end. The contest will happen in impossible locations and you could die. And there's something I can do about it. And uh, then Amari asks, would you rather dealing with the crown and start another war? Because if that happens, way more people will get hurt than just me. And I know you promised Quentin you look after me, but you got to let me do this. If I can win three rings, then I can help Quentin and prevent a war. And Maria tilts her head back and says, you're 13, Amari. And Amari says, I can do it. And then Maria's like, well, what do you want me to do to just go along with it? And Amari's like, I need you to give me a chance to win. You've already started teaching me magic, so teach me how to use it to defend myself. Um, and Maria shakes her head and she's uh, crying. She's like, I can help as much as I can, but I'm scared for you. And I've done everything to keep you from doing this. And Mari says, I, I'll be fine. And she tries to smile, but she doesn't really. Uh, don't, uh, don't underestimate me. And she leaves Maria's office and goes back to the elevators. And even when she gets on the elevator, that seems she's not like, doesn't make her, bring her any joy. And um, the elevator asks, is there someone I can... Um, call for you agent magnus or fiona anyone and amari is like nope it's all up to me now it's all on me so the weight of the world it's on a 13 year old a 13 year old who has no if she had a supernatural ability that was sanctioned by the bureau they would have trained her on it but it's unsanctioned so she has no actual formal training on it she barely knows like a spell that she ended up using last book um, she doesn't even know how the extra part from that spell even happened. She, uh, is occasionally using her magic, but, you know, even then it's whatever. Um, she's, she's, she's making her, birds. Firebirds. Her one ally is the sister to her opponents, who is, they all have conflicted feelings about one another around. And that same ally is, like, is like doubtful about her ability to make it through the contest and is also not helpful in making inroads in the league like she needs someone who actually has a good relationship with people in the league to like teach Amari unsanctioned magic on the side or something and Maria is not really that girl like Maria is not not helpful in that lane and I'm just throne because maria is the dalton situation and quentin's dead and if she quentin's and not quentin dead and quentin's dead and his and dead. quentin's dead oh my god i thought you said and quentin is dead i, I said girl 
and Clinton stood. And if Clinton were, like, I'm, I would like to believe that Maria thinks she's moving in the way that Clinton would if he were around, but I really doubt it because, like, there's no way that Maria is doing what Quentin would do were he here. Like, how would you not step in front of those those league members and tell them to shut the F up around a 13-year-old? Like, how would you not, like, break, like, threaten to break down the building if they don't get the F out of here with this crown BS? Like, what are you doing? I just distrust everything about this process. I distrust Cosmo. I distrust Maria. I distrust everybody who's in a league who's a grown, a full-grown adult. And here we are. Like, I just, it's all crap. And I hate that Amari's put in, has been put in a situation once again, the fate of the world on her shoulders. And she ain't even of this world. She just got in here. Tell us how you really feel. It's just, <laughs> I just, I'm just like, here we are once again. I mean, I think like, one thing I do really love about middle grade books, especially middle grade series, is that like, they find a way to make the stakes higher each book. Mm -hmm. And like, with the stakes here, it is always like, you know, Amari has like, what? Does she still even have the book that Dylan lent her from Madam Violet? Like, but she's maybe got a book. Um, And then Maria, she's got like, you know, like you, like you just lifted out. She does not have that much on her side to help her. But then the stakes have gotten even higher. Because now it's like, last book it was like, making sure Quentin was okay. Now it's like, she still needs to make sure Quentin's okay, because Quentin is not okay. But then she's also now trying to stop a war. And like, save all of these people, kind of from themselves. Because, again, like I said, like, Cosmo, they're not even checking for you. Like they are checking for unwanted, but they don't they don't know that the league exists. They don't know the share the vast numbers of the league. You could literally walk into the bureau today as whatever you are. Like, you know, I'm I'm assuming that all of these magicians have gone to the bureau in some way the same way that like Maria is and Dylan was. You know, like oh, I'm retired from creature control or whatever. And they are like, okay, cool. Like, they do not, they are not, you have to do something this, like, big and drastic for them, for you to even be on their radar right now. Like, in theory, they're they're coming for you, but, like, it's just theory because they do not know who you are. And the best thing to do is just hide in plain sight. So Amari has, like, this, task really of saving these people from themselves it's so sad that they're kind of like it's kind of like they understand that they need to be saved from themselves and they're like we need somebody who's from outside of here to do it for us because we can we won't save ourselves we're gonna we need an outsider to do it for us thanks are they 13 yeah <laughs> but are they an outsider even better like that's what we care for we're also gonna make them feel like shit for being an outsider how dare you not know no. how all this works but also like it's like they like they that's the thing about the outsiderness of it it's like they don't they don't even want to be saved and the, <laughs> the most the fact of the matter is they don't want to be saved because they built this world to be this way for it works for them this way and they don't they don't like that she's making them consider oh crap civil rights <laughs> <laughs> oh i shouldn't i should actually care about that my bad uh yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you mean there's like collateral damage for just going to war because we want to subjugate people? Because we're not even really, we're not oppressed in the way that like Amari is being oppressed or like Yetis or other, you know what I mean? Like, or like Sasquatches or other, like the actual supernatural creatures who cannot hide their supernatural ability. Like we talked about this so much in the last book about like the differences between Amari and Dylan um, in terms of like visible. Blend in. Yeah. Like you can blend in. So blend the fuck in and chill out. But they don't want to. Like you're not even, they're not even like. I mean, like at least like, <laughs> God damn. Laura and Elsie are like going viral on the other net being like, these laws are wrong. They're not even like, how powerful would it be if Priyanka Kapoor? It's Priya. Priya. Why do I keep saying Priyanka? Because Priyanka's the name of an actual actress. Yeah. That's why. It would be different if Priya Kapoor was like, hey, member of the supernatural community here, uh, these laws. Chill out chill out don't like them but they're not even actively either either they're not actively members of the supernatural community which i don't really understand how that works right um, it probably because does like, work like how but like how are you are you part of the supernatural co- uh community but then you're saying you have different like are you dealing dealing like were they like they like tricked the that's what the i was thinking ball? that they all tricked the crystal ball into believing are giving them a different supernatural ability or hiding it because like mm-hmm. Dylan says that like, well, he says Maria taught him, but in reality, Moreau probably taught him. But like, if you, that's what I assume, because how else would you be found? How would you be a part of the magic supernatural world and aware of what's going on there? If you uh, elsewise, right. Cause it's like, either, right. either you're not part of the world and you just, uh, the world or you just show up for the league stuff or you're part of the world, but then what do people think you have? Exactly. The world? Yeah. So, I mean, it brings up some questions, but like, mostly it's like, either way, mm-hmm. you could hide. Mm-hmm. And like, you're not even doing the bare minimum of like, speaking out against these laws. You're going straight to like, let's... Or whispering in people's ears. Yeah, you're going yeah. To straight like, let's go to war. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah, it's just. It's because it's what they follow. Like, it's, it's, that's what I think was weird too. Cause like, I, like, there was part where like Priya was like, we don't want to be associated with the bad acts of the Knight Brothers. But then they were also like, you're following the rules yeah. of the letter that Vladimir left. So, what's If wrong? you don't want to follow in the footsteps of the Knight Brothers, then you have to do completely different. Change, the, like, why are you following his rules? Like, the war is straight out of their book. So, what, yeah. like, and they're not even here to lead it. So, what is, what are we doing? <laughs> That's you could thing. just not. You could not. You could just not. Okay, so who's your real MVP and who was benched? Well, who's your real MVP for this chapter? I MVP Jaden because I love like all those drop dramatics and like heaviness was broken by the cuteness crushing of like Jaden and I just it was adorable. I I really like and Mari needed that moment. We needed that moment. It was everything. Um, I also kind of want to MVP. It's not a really an MVP. It's really more just like a Shea Lounge, a fainting couch, if you will, of sadness. Um, and like just like wanting to hold the space and it, it be a comfort zone 
for Amari because I feel like she needs it. Like she needs like not to be benched, but she needs her time to herself. Like she just needs because she's not she's not the problem. She just needs a moment to like yeah to you know rejuvenate, revigorate, to just be on her own in yeah. a garden and like you know breathe a little. I just I need that for her. So if we could have a separate um, peaceful rest spot for uh, Amari, I would give her that as well. What about you? Um, I also MVP Jaden. Um, I had question marks around Maria. Every time I talk to you, I always feel bad about possibly. I like by I'm the sorry. end of the of the recording, I'm like, am I tripping? But I did like in the earlier chapters, and even like again, I'm giving it. I'm, I I I liken it more to like Elsie being like, I'm gonna go stand up for Laura, and then just like not having the juice when she gets like when she's put in the position. Um, where like the intent is there, but the execution, uh. um, but I do like that she, and this is taken at face value. And by the end of the book, it still feels as though Maria is not a bad guy, but Portia's in my head now. So I don't want to be like, I distrust yeah. everyone. That's my disclaimer. Yeah. So but I just don't want to be like, Maria is good, irrevocably good, but mm-hmm. I like, she's good so far. Um, mm-hmm. throughout these two books she's still on the right side um, I like I think that like I said I think she was paternalistic in how she did it but I like the impulse of being like not just you shouldn't have to deal with this but like give it to me because there's no like I don't even want you to be burdened with this like you should be 13 you're already worried about your brother like that is like just on that alone and like what you went through last year, like anything above that is ridiculous for you to even be like contemplating. You should not have this stress. I will take it on. Don't even worry about it. Like, um, I like that impulse. And I can say as like an, as I've gotten older and I have younger cousins and nieces and nephews and things, like I do have that impulse of like, I want to keep you as, not keep you innocent, but like, I want to, I want to, protect that sense of um freedom yeah like freedom and like they're like you know every time every you're always gonna take on more responsibility the older you get there's a little bit more responsibility there's a little bit more um and there's a little bit more stress too but like we we don't really get that much time to be carefree. To be carefree. Or, or yeah, carefree. Like, right? And mm-hmm. like, and I think that like what Amari has on her plate right now that Maria knows that she cannot take away from her is already too much. Mm-hmm. For I like for your idealistic, like what a 13-year-old should be worrying about and like going through. Mm-hmm. Um and like I can't make I can't fix Quentin. I can't I can't make your home life like more like financially secure um but i can tell cosmo to back the fuck off you know what i mean though she can't tell cosmo to back i know but i like the that's what i'm saying that's why there's a question mark around her mvp because i love the impulse the execution was lacking we are actually this my my last on maria (laughs) (laughs) but benched (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I benched Cosmo um, 
part of me wants to also bench like the league in general because why you could like the more we talked i'm like you could just not all of this is made up and again there are only two born magicians in that room there are only two people who can't get away like y'all signed up for this shit You raised your hand. Someone said, hey, do you want to be a magician? It's completely illegal. And if you get found out, you'll probably end up in the sightless depths. Um, and you can't tell anyone that you're a magician. And you can't really do that much magic. Um, out in the, You can't do any magic out in the open. And it's like, going to be a large part of you that you have to hide forever. But you can do it. And they're like, yeah, that sounds fun. There's only two people who have no say in the magic. And now you're threatening them to take it away because you want them to take over this fake club that could just cease to exist, could just, y'all could just go your own separate ways. You do what you think is best, I do what I think is best, and we will all be individuals in charge of our own destiny. Instead, you're like, now nah, let's like 13 year olds figure it out. One of whom is already a murderer. Sadly, this is like, it's... <laughs> Uh, this is where a song comes in my brain. Um, Amari is Rihanna um, in uh, the song where she's like, I don't want to be a murderer. <laughs> and that's like, a, like Dylan's like prepared to be a murderer and she's like, I don't want to be. It's no. Um, for me, it's also Cosmo. Like for Cosmo, I just... The fact that he's sitting back on his little stool. He doesn't even, like, you're on a stool. <laughs> My guy. You have nothing. Bending the knee to a hologram. And that makes you feel like you're the guy. Like, you feel empowered by the fact that you have access to all the stuff to bring it out and roll it out for the people who are watching in the stadium. So that's what makes you feel happy that day. Gross. And the fact that he set, like he has set Amari up at every stage of this rollout. Amari is in the deficit, every single part of it. And at that point, like it's, it, I think that there's a level of disappointment that I have in him because I, I was looking forward to when I finished book one, like, Oh crap. Like now she has, a legit connection to the community now yeah. so like the idea of someone reaching out to her from the community was like a, a hopeful point for me for him to be like this so for him to set her up this way we so really did end the first book being like you were weird for just showing up on the, like the bench like that like that was a little, uh, but like how exciting right, right. she's gonna meet like, more magicians saying, like, she's gonna learn a little odd you know like yeah like other yeah, little eccentric you know like that's quirky cute. Yeah, you know, but she'll whatever. But the whole world's opening up to her now. She's and then he was like, "No, I'm I'm worse than the last guy." Yeah, like geez. In fact, I'm working. I've been working with him this whole time. This whole time. (laughs) So F Cosmo specifically, and then F the the person that he was. I don't know, like that he worships blind. Yeah. Vladimir, F Vladimir, because all of this is your fault. All of this arrangement, all of this setup is a bad plan from A to Z. Nothing actually is a good idea here. You've convinced multiple people over generations and centuries that your plans are good plans, even though they're awful plans. And whatever charisma or magic or whatever you put into that for people to be on board with you, yikes. Hate it for everyone involved. 
and benching Vladimir. Yeah. <laughs> I think Luna agrees. Luna agrees. Luna's like, yeah. Forget she those like, night brothers. She was like, if Vladimir said up to my boss, let me tell you what I tell him. She said, I'm going to do just like Marie. I'm going to talk big and then I'm going to go drink some water and play with my toys. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening. Uh, join us next week when we discuss chapters 16 through 18. Also, make sure to um, let us know who you would bench and who your MVP is for this section of chapters. Wizard Team is part of the Black Nerds Great Collective. If you want to keep up with our content, you can check out our website. Oh, sorry. You can check out our website at blacknerdscreate.com. Follow us on Instagram and Tumblr at Wither Team Pod and at Black Nerds Create. Until next time, bye. Bye. <laughs>